Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Who's coming on? we got uh, Patrick, is it? we got um, Andrew James Spooner. Who's Patrick? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Patrick? I was thinking, who's the Irish? Bob. <laughs> uh, forgot the Irish guy's name. Um, uh, Christian. Christian, that's it. Yeah. Patrick, because he's Irish. <laughs> no, there was someone called Patrick coming on, though, wasn't this there? This is staying in. This is staying in. <laughs> Welcome on the pod today. We will be talking to a Muppeteer, Andrew James Spooner, plus the usual boring bunch of guests, uh, as many of them as can gather. And we're going to be dealing with this week's top 10 box sets, hopefully, from legal and illegal downloads coming. Mind. Who knows, because it's the first of 2016, but of course, in the court of the box set, one person's going to be watching the first episode of something that you may or may not have seen. You will either listen to him and want to will him to carry on to enjoy it like you did, or you will listen and want him to be persuaded to watch it too. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll persuade you to watch Boardwalk Empire. We will see. Um, it's the box set pod, a pod full of box set chat, and it's lovely to have you with us and and also don't forget to check out my website uh, i had to go to vegas and take 50 people with me so i became a bit all right at advising people who weren't party animals on what a great city it is to get lost in if you or someone you know is going to vegas get to trustedvegas.com that's trustedvegas.com this is the year that that website's going to make me at least two pound fifty Happy New Year! Howell and Jamie here. I'm Howell, this is Jamie. Happy New Year! This is our first official year that we're not employed by any radio group to be radio presenters. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's time we've got a few recommendations. Do you know if we manage to get ten of your friends listening, we might be able to double our current revenue created by this podcast, which I think currently stands at £2.11. That, All about the cash. I think that's accurate, isn't it? I think that's an accurate. I think thing. we got six quid, didn't we, last Did time? We? Yeah. But we don't get to see any money until it reaches 100. So by this rate, Ooh, what is it? If we get a six uh, pound a month. Six divided by 100. Is it monthly? Yeah, it's monthly, uh, isn't it? So 12 months. So we're talking at least a decade, anyway, before we, we actually see any money out of it. So. Um, Please do. All you've got to do is click on something. In fact, it's nice to see that you, and interesting to see that you've been watching, listening to episodes um, over Christmas. Have you noticed, mm. Jamie? There's been no. quite a few clicks of old episodes and stuff. For some reason, the one where I made eggs live on the podcast is classic. One of the popular ones. <laughs> classic. Um, why? There was why, and another popular one was the one called "Let's Talk About Sex," which. Oh, what was that about? Um, I can't remember, but uh, I think I think we were talking about male and female roles. You know what? I was thinking we need to get sex, sex. and and kitty. 
tuned into the podcast. This is an internet-based thing. That's ridiculous. Which is why you will see that this week's podcast is called For Adam Buxton, Eggs, Sex and Boardwalk Empire. Why? Because we'll be talking Boardwalk Empire later. But we could, also, I want to pay homage to Adam Buxton for his podcast that I listened to over Christmas. Have you heard it, Jamie? Mm. No, I haven't. Well, you may know that I look after rabbits in my rabbit hotel that my wife and I set up, and it brings us endless joy as well as hay and deep concern that one of them's going to die. And um, this Christmas day, I played board games with the family, ate turkey, and then I drove home in the rain back to Manchester down the M61. And on that journey, I listened to Adam Buxton's podcast, where he got back to bed together with his old partner, Joe Cornish, and they did a Christmas special. And as a double act who have all but parted ways other than this podcast, it was actually very interesting and emotional to listen to. It was very nice to them go back together. Not just because Adam had had a loss around the time of the recording and almost moved me to tears, oh. but also because of the big thoughts about working as a team and what your worth is without the other one. Because I think he clearly has, has had moments where he's thought Joe Cornish has gone off and been a Hollywood director and he's, you know, sat in Norwich doing his podcast. And, and I thought, I, I sat there and I thought, my God, Jamie must really think that without me he's nothing bless, <laughs> bless his little self and his new job at the BBC while I feed eight rabbits for three quid a night bless his little heart anyway Adam Buxton you are you you what the podcast proves is that they are wonderful together brilliant but you did also notice if you listen to his other podcasts that they're, they're great apart in many different ways as well and it's it's uh, it's nice and we'd love you to come on this podcast and talk about TV shows that you love I think we should start a campaign to get Adam Buxton on the box set pod and that campaign based on our listener interaction at all other times is like to amount to two tweets possibly both sent by Jamie but Adam Buxton let's get you on and well done for your excellent podcast okay Adam and I might listen I'll give you a listen Adam yeah it was great <laughs> did you have a good Christmas and New Year Jamie yes <clears throat> put on four pounds did you yeah how many pounds do you now weigh Ooh, ten and ten seven ten point seven pounds Ten, ten pounds, seven. No, what is it? Ten, ten stone, pounds. Ten <laughs> stone, baby. Ten stone, seven pounds. I got my metrics wrong. Ten pounds. Ten pounds. Ten stone, seven pounds. <laughs> we went to Montreal, and it was an amazing place. Turns out they'd speak. French, like you—you'll know that Quebec is a French-speaking place if you've never been, yeah. probably. But what you don't expect is that it is the same as being in France. It's not like—I mm. I thought it'd be like, oh, they speak a bit French because they think it's cool. But actually, the first thing they'll do if you walk in a restaurant or anything is they'll just start talking to you in French. They'll just presume that you speak Ooh. French, and sometimes they'll even struggle with English when you then go, oh, "Parlez-vous anglais?" Uh, um, even Burger King, she couldn't understand. I was trying, I was trying to say meal, and she thought I was saying mayo. Why uh, the hell were you having a Burger King? Well, it was when, when we were in Canada. It was when we first landed, and we had like a two-hour drive in the night, and we were starving after the flight. So we just pulled up at a Burger King and had a a Royale with cheese, obviously. Okay. Um, 
So uh, anyway, yeah, it was it was fabulous. Why was I going on about Canada? I had a good I had a good New Year. It was in Montreal, and it is a phenomenal place. So I did a lot a lot of binge watching of Making a Murderer. Oh my um, God! Do you know next week we're going to be doing a spoiler special on Making a Murderer? Well, yeah. Are we doing that? Oh, great! I yeah. don't know, but um, I've decided yeah. that's what we're doing. I feel, pr- I, you know, I was talking to somebody about this, about making a murderer, about the jinx, about the serial podcast. Hmm. You know, there's something very hard to get around the whole intrusiveness of it all. Is is still something I, I do struggle a little bit with. You know, this is people's lives, and it, it does feel a little bit, a little bit. You feel a little bit uncomfortable at times in that in that environment. Do you not feel that, Howell? Nope. <laughs> this guy. Uh, this do you mean guy. for people who are like perhaps? Um, I feel for the people involved, like who, the families whose, mur- yeah. whose daughter was murdered, and I yes. just wonder for them how it must feel like the how they're portrayed and not that they're portrayed that badly, but just the no, portrayal if, of if this. there has been, because when you're watching something, if there has been police corruption, then you are automatically kind of angry and against the other side. Exactly. And the other side therefore includes the family of someone who's been killed. Yeah. And, and so you can imagine, but then again, you're watching it and you are thinking, God, I hope you've watched this. I hope, I hope you've watched this and you've realized that, potentially the person who killed your loved one is still out there. And I would, and this is my overall thought about these things is that above all, I think it's great that they exist because potentially they could, um, you know, overturn what is an innocent man. And you feel sorry for that family, but do you feel sorry for them as much as someone who's been in prison for 20 years for something they didn't do? Well, over 150,000 people petitioned the white house so uh, tried mm. to get President Obama to pardon Stephen Avery. This we should be talking about this next week. Let's yeah, talk about no, this we'll leave week. it. Yeah, we'll leave it. But basically, yeah, that, I did a lot of watching of that over, over the Christmas period. Yeah, so did I, and I am hooked. I cannot stop watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Really? Have finally got on that bandwagon. Yeah, have you done Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yeah, we started it. We uh, we started it, and we we didn't really get going. But uh, yeah. I know I know your brother, your twin, loves it. So I'm considering giving it another another go. What did you do? One really, episode? We didn't know. We did like three. I think we didn't do four episode rules. So we we owe we owe an episode. Yeah, you do. It's so funny, man. I mean, it's it's like it's got that same thing that I love about Chuck. In the the cast are obviously really happy. Like they're very yeah. inventive. So there's a lot of fun. But it's a lot tighter. It's a lot gag heavier than Chuck. It's it's almost yeah. like I might start going on about this every week now instead. It's um. It, it, there isn't a bad joke. Like there literally isn't a bad. There's not a weak link in the cast or a bad joke. That's... Well, it was created by the, one of the guys who created uh, Parks and Rec and worked on the mm. American version of The Office as well. And I want to throw a recommendation back at you mm. because a, a, an animated comedy called Bob's Burger. Have you heard of it? Yes. It is brilliant. Like it's just a family. The, 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 the weirdest family. Mm. The really weird, like quirky, funny like family. Your family. They're a little bit odd, yeah. That's what um, I thought when I saw the advert. I thought that was yeah, Jamie's yeah. family. The brilliant, it's so good. It's so... It's a brilliant animated script. If you ever used to watch Dr. Katz... Did you ever watch Dr. Katz, Howell? No. It was about a, th- a therapist, uh, an animated therapist. Right. 
Uh, it was only in the 90s. It used to be on ITV yeah. uh, really late at night. Sometimes they'd catch an episode yeah. and he'd have all different like weird uh, clients who were had issues. And he had a son as well who was really odd. And uh, it's by the same guy who made that. And the, the, it's just so funny. It's just like really enjoyable, happy comedy. And uh, I recommend Bob's Burger to everybody massively. Is it? Where can I watch that? You can watch it on Amazon, Howell. Ah. You don't have to buy it, but... Hey, have you submitted your script, your comedy script that you wrote to Amazon yet? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. And have you heard back? Yeah, they rejected it. Oh, <laughs> how quickly did they reject it? <laughs> it took them 40, 40 days or so. God, it took them that long I to read it. Forgot, <laughs> I think they almost forgot to reply. And they were like, oh, what's anyone going to... Uh, answer this guy uh, I didn't even I mean I didn't expect to get it it was, it was my first ever script but it was uh, it still hurts a little bit we're welcome put blood and sweat into it yeah I can imagine we'll, we'll send it me I'll read it I'll read it out on this podcast oh um, no you know what I dug out the other day um, the radio play that I made about 10 years ago with Russell Theodosius Pennington oh god yeah I went to the live recording yeah, of that. yeah you did totally confusing comedy sci-fi and I laughed my head off I genuinely think it's the best thing I've done for 10 years oh, no. I mean I had <laughs> so, some good moments in it there's some it's just too complicated but what it I thought very is convoluted yeah I think I'm going to podcast it. I think I'm going to release it in three parts and and before each part have me and Russell talking about it to kind of prepare you for what it is because the more I listen to it, the funnier it gets. I just think it's hilarious. Yeah, I think it probably needs to be digested in uh, bite-sized chunks. Yeah, exactly. Shall we um, welcome our guest for this week? Uh, I've not heard from the algorithm department. We may be without a chart this I could do week. some news, but I could do it with our guest. Yeah, let's do it with let's do it with the guest, shall we? Yeah. So um, we've had him on the podcast before, and we're just going to see if he's there now. He should be sat waiting. Oh, I've seen a picture of him for the first time now because he's come up on my screen when I dial him. Oh, he's quite a. Uh, he's got a beard, hasn't he? He's got a beard. He's, a bit, he's slightly Gandalf-esque. Is he? Hello. There, there Hello. he is, Gandalf himself. How are you, Andrew? I'm all right, Gandalf-esque. Yeah, we're just describing your photo on Skype. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Towards the Gandalf, slowly. <laughs> something I felt I had to do. <laughs> How are you, Andrew? Yeah, good, good. Good. Are we, are we actually on air yet? We're recording. We're, We're recording, yeah. yeah. Ready? Well, yeah. this is the point where I have to fess up and say I didn't get around to watching Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> Just... <Hey guys. laughs> God, this is such a lame podcast. You know, just as you said that, Matt Wandless, our other regular, texts me saying, hey, buddy, sorry about this, but my wife has been delayed getting home, so I can't do the pod. Bloody children. So a podcast about Boardwalk Empire with a group of people. Mel has just emailed saying she can't do it. Is me, Jamie, and a man who has not watched Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> 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 I think you're going to have to look for a different angle to this one. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's chat instead. Let's I have a nice chat. I set up to watch it, but I we had an engineer in today to sort out the broadband in the house, <sighs> and that turned into a epic <laughs> oh, <laughs> event. So it didn't quite happen. I was worried that I was going to have to call you up and say I couldn't do it because there was no broadband, but we're, we're well, going... 
I am glad that you didn't. And I'd like to begin by saying Andrew James Spooner is a Muppeteer. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, uh, Andrew's done uh, Muppets, so to speak, for many years. On and, and off, yeah. And yeah. um, and we've had him on the podcast before. I urge you to go back, get the full history from the previous Andrew James Spooner episode. Um so that he doesn't have to go through all that again. But how is life? How's how's life of the puppeteer, James? Yeah, Andrew, it's, uh, it's a it's a it's a hustle. You're always. I spend ninety eight percent of my time in my office, kind of hustling for work and trying to figure out what's out there and God. stuff like that. But I had a couple of nice projects at the end of last year. Um, yeah, can I you tell some... us what they were? Well, I because I when was the last time we spoke? I'm trying to figure um, out. What... Well, you, we were going to have you on on one of the last couple, and Disney called you away for something. But wow. it was it, we left it at that. I mean, we don't know what that is. I would like to imagine that it's the new, the, whatever the latest Muppet film is. But I'd also <laughs> perhaps imagine they've already filmed that. I don't know. It's completely Muppet. Uh, it's not related to the Muppets at all. Oh. It's, I'm I'm not sure how much I can say. All I can really say at the moment is because it's all still under wraps. Is that it's. Um, it was a pilot program for a, a new TV show for um, the Disney Channel, but that—that's it. I can't really, oh. I can't say that because I'll get blackballed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. You do not want that. No. Um, well, no. prior to that, I done, I did a music video for uh, the Ministry of Sound mm-hmm. um, for a band called Format B. Um, which is it's doing very well on YouTube. You go and look it up. It's it's yeah. called the song's called Chunky. It's a dance track. Um, and the band is a French, I think they're French. They're called Format B and it was for Ministry of Sound. And I play a kind of uh, a drumming rooster. So there you go. Nice. Oh. I can hear Jamie typing now. Are you looking it up now, Jamie? Just looking for Format B and the song Ch- I've just found Chunky. Is the, is the video online as well? It would have to be YouTube. It's been, it's been a while. I think we're just about to hit a million views. So no. maybe you'll put it that would be good. That's awesome. Wow. So, yeah, I'm trying to figure out boat last. It was probably about nine months ago, something like God, that. God, yeah, we were still we still had a job then. Did you still have a job? Have yeah. you not got a job? No. Well we should update Andrew James Spooner. Our um our contract in our radio show, our regular radio show, was up in September, and we discussed for well, we were discussing it really when we spoke to you as well, and um came to the decision that we'd done it long enough and uh, decided to make the choice from doing something for the for the mortgage and doing something for the art I chose the art so um, yeah decided again thanks same scene then yeah I, I can hear Jamie now I'm just watching the video for <laughs> Format B Chunky it's awesome and is that so you're on the drums yeah yeah I'm the, I'm the rooster I'm basically well I'm the <laughs> there you go that's awesome if you listen uh, if you listen to this podcast on Acast you will see a link pop up there'll be a link there now um, that we'll put up that you can click and go and find that but otherwise get yourself on YouTube there's quite a a sexy lady in it as well uh, Well, Andrew did um, very nice as well (laughs) (laughs) very nice you mean nice as well as sexy what yes. multifaceted woman? <laughs> Jamie doesn't understand this. Uh, okay. <laughs> we only shot that in a day. It was a really, it was a really quick shoot. It was we had a day's rehearsal, 
And then, uh, well, it was half a day's rehearsal, really, because they were still building the set. And then uh, literally a day to shoot it. So it was a pretty, it was a compressed time frame. But I think I think it's turned out pretty well. Nice. Looks good. I like it. Oh, what a job. I was watching, um, oh, just to wrap up uh, our life then, so um, so to speak. Andrew, we yeah, so we decided just to do this, and if any radio stuff comes along that we like, we'll do it. But Jamie's got a job at the BBC starting in February, being a researcher. And... Oh, well, no, I've already started. Oh, you started? How's it going? Going fine, yeah, yeah. Not look, not ballsed up yet. Look at this. Between <laughs> us, we, we've got Jamie working for the British Broadcasting Corporation. We've got Andrew working for the Walt Disney Corporation, and you've got me looking after rabbits. <laughs> important job I was sat talking to a friend of mine uh, the other night we'd had a couple of drinks and, and he said so what are you going to do next and I was like well when I was a kid I wanted to be a radio presenter and a, and a director and I've kind of done both and I, I, I'm at this weird point in life where I genuinely you know I, I don't want to swap having a dream and working really hard at that for just finding anything that pays the mortgage because I've never done it but maybe that's what I need to do where, where do you sit with that Andrew because you're you're working very hard at something that uh, you've, you've achieved already in a way but you know. I, yeah I mean I, I guess it's because you said I whenever I meet anybody who who's like um you've made it and you've worked for Disney and you work for the Muppets and things like that and they go, oh, you've made it. I go, well, it's my bank balance doesn't feel like it's made it. Mm. Um, <laughs> so the work is so sporadic. Mm. That, you know, it's a, a friend of mine really early on when I first started back in the mid 90s said to me, it's feast or famine. And he was absolutely right. You're either earning lots and lots over a really short period of time. Mm. But it doesn't feel like you're earning lots because you know full well that you might not work for another year and a half. Yeah. So you money last as long as possible so i've never done it for the money no <laughs> never no. done it because it was really what i wanted to do um there was a period where i stopped for about seven years almost uh, the work kind of dried up for a while it was when cg was taking off really big so it was kind of like uh... and suddenly everybody seemed to lose interest in puppets for a while and so the work kind of dried up and i tried to do something else uh, but, you know, I, I thought I'll do something that I can kind of invest in, but I know I can earn a living at. And it just it just didn't sit well. I, I, I tried. I tried it for about three or four years. What was it? What did you do? Well, it was kind of taking the skills that I've got. What I was doing was I was working in social care, essentially. Mm. I was working with uh, kids with autism and um, various other ailments and things like um puppets actually get used a lot in that kind of context to help them learn social skills mm. things like that and I, and I did that for a long time but um I, anybody who works in social care and especially with kids uh with autism will tell you it's a really really tough job yeah they can be re i mean it can be the most fantastic job in the world and you can achieve wonderful things but it can it can also be really upsetting because they can be aggressive and they can be difficult to work with and after about three three and a half four years i i, I personally just went i can't i can't do it anymore because i i couldn't separate myself from it in the evenings i couldn't just mm. walk away um it wasn't like working in an office um and so i i decided to walk away from it and it was 
bizarrely, it was around about that time that I got the phone call to go and do what what, what became Muppets Most Wanted. So God. I kind of leapt back on it thinking, well, I'll do this one Muppet movie and then I'll walk away from that as well and go and find something else to do. And it just kind of spun off into various things and I'm still here. So, Wow, well done. <laughs> yeah. And... Seeing what happens day by day. Yeah, and and the that's you know it's still a very that's still a very not ex, the extremes the wrong word but it's still a very different job that you chose to do there and um, you know it's it, it, I was trying to be I wanted to do something that I felt was I and mean, it's going to sound really pretentious no. probably but I wanted to do something that meant something that was useful yeah yeah I agree when, yeah when you're an actor or a puppeteer or whatever what you, what you find you tend to fall into in between jobs are fairly casual jobs mm-hmm. because you need to be able to leave a job fairly quickly if you get an audition and you get a job so you usually end up either working as a waiter lots of people do that or you end up working in shops you work in retail a lot um and I just didn't want to do that I didn't want to go back into that because I'd done enough of that when I was a drama student and trying to kind of break into the business Mm. and i thought well if this is going to be something that i'm going to do permanently as a full-time job i want it to mean something um and that that's what i headed for and i'm glad i did it i'm really glad i did it and i'm proud that i did it and some of the people that i met some of the people that are still doing it for a living are some of the most amazing people um because you know these people don't get paid much it has to be said i'm going to say it they 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 do it because they love it Mm. and because it needs to be done. Um, so I'm glad I did it, but I'm also thrilled to bits that I'm back doing what I wanted to do in the first place. A lot of people that work with challenging kids of any kind are some of the happiest people I've ever met as well. And I think if you do have that ability to um, switch it off, to to kind of box it off in some way, then yeah. then you can really put up with that. But I'm similar to you. I find it very hard not to get invested on a, a really deep I mean, Jamie's wife is um, a psychologist psychiatrist cognitive therapist yes she's a shrink um <laughs> and and it must be a similar thing you know it's uh, all credit to anyone who does something like that but uh, and and most people who listen to this podcast will do probably will do jobs that are jobs Jamie's just started a, a job it's at the BBC but it's it's a job and I don't suppose it requires you to stay four hours late if you need to finish the project or whatever. I imagine it's pretty straight stuff. Better not, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and Jamie's kind of all right with that. But I, uh, I'm, I'm almost like almost my top top of my list of things I want to do is avoid doing anything uh, normal. You know, and that sounds so condescending to anyone who's got a normal job. It's not. Think of it like this. Think of it as in I'm a spoiled brat who who doesn't believe that I've got the patience, the energy. I don't want to get up and do a job. Um, but then the other side of me is thinking, why not? I'll just go and do anything. I'll go and clean bogs for a year and see just, just for the experience, see what it's like. Who, who knows? I don't know. There have been times, difficult jobs where I've, I've had to deal with all kinds of different things where the thought of working in a garden centre is really attractive mm. <laughs> because you're, you're there from nine to five, you're not getting up at stupid o'clock, <laughs> I get to see my children, yeah. things, 
but I just I, I I don't think I could do anything else. It's not that I want a normal job. I just don't think I could do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this, Andrew James Spooner, your performance as the puppeteered chicken on Format B's video, Chunky, <laughs> has made a real impact with the YouTube com- comments. Oh, uh, Linus, let's Linus go. Scotch says, that's one lucky chicken. <laughs> Silver King Cuddle, Cuddle, Cuddleable says, cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> <laughs> Another one as well down here. Uh, where are you? Are there any I've really bad? Listen, any YouTube video. Like, get read well, some not... of the abuse out. There's not. There's no abuse aimed at the chicken. No, there's abuse oh, well, aimed at the song. But I mean, <laughs> I think uh, the... <laughs> Warren Taylor says, "I love that fucking chicken." Very, very first comments that went up when they first posted it was something along the lines of, well, there's no way that that's an official video. (laughs) (laughs) That's where this is going. (laughs) What's so great about YouTube comments and is that it really shows for the first time how, um, how, how much people are convinced that they are right. You know, that on, oh, yeah. on the whole, the level that people do not question their own opinions is quite staggering. It is. They're absolutely right, aren't they? Yeah. All the time. It's, um, and it, nothing and it, objective about it. It's objective fact. Yeah. Well, uh, interestingly, I was I was wa- uh, watching a video on YouTube. It was uh, slagging off the new Star Wars film, saying how Phantom Menace is better than the new Star Wars film. And this guy goes on a makes a very quite a strong argument, like seven minute YouTube video argument about Star Wars, the new one being rubbish. <laughs> and then under it, he puts a comment saying. Can the people who are threatening my life stop uh, stop threatening my life? Stop making these comments. I'm only giving my opinion. You don't have to agree with me, but stop telling me you're going to kill me and, <laughs> and hunt me down. So it's a crazy environment, YouTube. Welcome and the, the wonderful world of YouTube comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the guy who took over our radio show wrote an article actually about because he was getting a lot of abuse when he took over. Um, naturally, because we weren't on it anymore. Obviously. Uh, but we know how harsh the audience can be <laughs> and, and the, he, he was taking a lot of abuse and that happens whenever you take over a show um, but he wrote an article saying that he thought that people were getting um, uh, to you know talking about what we're talking about really and, and saying that, that as a as a society perhaps we think we can be much crueler than we used to be. And uh, it, it was a well-written article, I see his point, but I actually disagree. I I actually think that that the, what the internet has done is just given people who've always had that. There's always been those opinions, but they used to have absolutely no way of telling you that they thought that. They just now have a way, and that's the YouTube comment form or the, or the text system or whatever. And really, it's, it's just part of people being given a voice you know it's the energy of it as well it's the fact that they know that they can say these things and they're safe behind their keyboards um i kind of have a general rule whenever i reply to anything which is never say anything that you wouldn't say to somebody's face yeah 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 i think that's right do i remember rightly last time you were on andrew was it Mm. at the end i'm pretty sure that we mentioned star wars and that you were a big fan is that right yeah 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 okay so i've i've never been a fan of star wars i've never been able to get into star wars so you you can threaten my life 
Um, I say one that's going to get all the comments now, not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, sorry, I was just born that way. I could just never, I, I never felt like that kind of boy, perhaps. I, I just, I, I always thought the stormtroopers looked like they were, I just thought everyone looked like they were, they were dressing up. The acting wasn't very good. It was just a big panto. And, um, a good way to put it, actually. Yeah, and I just I just couldn't get behind it. I couldn't even as a kid. I couldn't get my head round perhaps the the larger philosophical points um, of mm. of the light light and dark. Um, and then I went to watch. I've watched them all, and I, I went to watch the the recent one. Yeah. But first, I would like to know what you thought of it, Andrew well, James. I'm in, I'm in kind of a, a tricky situation. I've, I've, I've annoyed quite a few people because I think what people really like is for you to come out and just have a really cut and dry response to it. Yeah. They either love it or hate it. And I I, I only saw it about a week ago. Uh, it's just been – I've been so, so crazy busy I hadn't had a chance to see it. No, me too. Also, there was just a part of me that I wanted to wait until all the fuss had died down a bit. Um, so I could kind of look at it more objectively. And I went to see it, and I'm going to be honest, I came out and I, I went with my wife and we kind of looked at each other and said, well, what did you think? And we both kind of went, yeah, it was, it was fine. Yeah. And that's kind of my attitude towards it. It was, it was fine. Mm. I mean, clearly, it, I, I was entertained. Um, it, visually, it Visually, it looked great. Um, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought I enjoyed that film the first time i saw it which was in 1977 <laughs> <laughs> that's um i would describe a lot of jj abrams work like that i think he's phenomenally good at what he does but yeah. um and that is a spielberg style or or it's a jj abrams style which has been you know as a kid who was brought up on spielberg films heavily yeah. influenced but um, I do watch it, and I just like with Super Eight. I go, all the pieces are here, and I I, I really like this, but I'm yeah. not I'm not I don't feel the way that I felt. I, I want to go and watch ET instead. That's where I want to be. I yeah. want to watch ET. But I thought that this I felt kind of like that about it. I thought there was one mistake in this. There's quite a big plot thing that happened. I mean, it's long enough since we spoilers spoilers spoiler okay. big spoiler coming up. If you've not yeah, seen yeah. it, Harrison Ford dies, and oh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I thought that was such a shame. Not because I'm emotionally attached to the character, but because I genuinely think that the reason I I have I realised in that moment why I've never liked Star Wars, and it's right. because I've never liked pretty much anything that is sincere. I've got a real problem with sincerity, and. Right. And the majority of the performances and the messages and the script is total sincerity. People mm -hmm. committing to this quite bizarre world. What Harrison Ford did and what the older characters did was it played it with a, a grin in the corner of his mouth. You know, there was a, there was a there was a tongue in cheekness about it, and and not as in I'm taking the piss out of Star Wars, but in the sense of a real character. So. It, to be a real human being in space, you're also still going to have slight cynicism about the aircraft that you get it into. You're going to think yeah. your boss is a bit of a douchebag. You know, you're going to have all of those same things. And Harrison embodied that. He, him, and Chewbacca actually both have that. Um, 
attitude and I know they're supposed to be the rock and roll characters as well but 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 then you've got this new girl who's who's taking his place uh, sorry for forgetting her name and for calling her a girl but she's young compared to everyone else um, the woman who's taking her place she mm. comes as well from this new world of posh actors young posh actors who have obviously gone and I think she has a, a I'll be proven wrong um, gone to public school they're the only people who can afford to be actors now because it's such a hard game and a hard economy and her mouth even does the Kira Knightley thing and she's from that Kira Knightley what's his name that's doing all the stuff um What's his name? Uh, Eddie Redmayne. Um, All right. This this sort of young generation of brilliant actors. I mean, they're great. And personally, I don't want to take anything from them individually. But it is quite telling, I think, that... They kind of need a Ray Winston, Gary Oldman kind of feel. Yeah, there's there's no one undermining their own performance while they're doing it. And that's what real people do. And that's my problem with Star Wars. I think that I, I, it's funny that you should mention Kira Knightley because I was I was trying to figure out what I found. I'm not going to say irritating. I didn't find the the Ray character irritating. I just, I just found her a bit uninspiring. I wasn't. That's it. Yeah. Like my wife just kind of went Kira Knightley, and I just went, ah, that, yeah, that's exactly it. Kira Knightley when she first started was it, it very very similar, mm. and it, when you're talking about the slight the slight nod and the wink that Harrison Ford did. I, I had a slightly different take on it in that the first time I, when I was in the cinema, I realised that something was seriously wrong for me when he died and I didn't feel anything at all. Yeah. I, kind of, I saw it coming a mile and a half away and I went, all right, I can see where this is going. But I didn't feel anything and I was like, I should be. I love these characters. These are the characters that I grew up with and especially Han Solo was the cool one. Um, yeah, in uh, your brain you went, oh, that's a significant... Like, I was shocked because I went, that's a significant move for the franchise rather than going, oh, I'm sorry, this guy's dead. Well, I, a part of my brain was actually going, oh, well, that's why he agreed to do it because everybody mm. who's fairly versed in Star Wars lore knows that he was desperate for the character to get killed off in Return of the Jedi because <laughs> he felt that it, it it needed some kind of weight to it. Um, and I agree with him, actually, that, that one of my problems with Jedi is it, it feels fairly light and fluffy compared to Empire Strikes Back. And it is it, it, you, you feel that one character had to make a sacrifice of some kind. Mm. And it would have made sense that it was his character. But he got vetoed by George Lucas. So I think he's just been sitting around for the last... 20 30 years going if they ever ask me back the first thing i'll do is well one i'll ask for a lot of money <laughs> and two i'll kill me off so i don't ever have to do this again yeah so there was all buzzing around in my head but i was going I don't, I, i'm not feeling anything i'm not feeling any emotion yeah and that was when i kind of went well that's because what i'm watching is a facsimile of the first two movies it's like they've taken all the essence of empire and new hope and kind of squashed them into one two and a half hour experience and i kind of left going yeah it's entertaining it's it's really slick it's well made all the stuff that we all liked about the original star wars movies that weren't in the prequels is in there but there's nothing original going on no and i wonder what a 12 year old boy would say because maybe maybe a big part of that is is the baggage that you bring to it and the you know how can something live up to it but i I feel, as someone who's never been moved by it, that you're probably right. I'll tell you who was good, the new guy from Girls. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Adam Driver. Kylo Ren. 
Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, see again. I was just I, I could see what they were doing. I felt like that that kind of Ren character was kind of like the the scriptwriters and filmmakers going, "Look, we're really sorry for Anakin." <laughs> the prequels. Uh, what we <laughs> we're going to create a character that is kind of on the same sort of journey. That's kind of split between the good and the bad. That you've got some kind of emotional investment in, and we're going to tell that story again, but we're going to do it properly this time. But at the yeah, same time, I just felt like that every time they met him, all that all all somebody had to do was kind of slightly undercut him or make him look like a bit of an idiot, and he'd start smashing the furniture up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, he's it, clearly I'd, bit of a dick. <laughs> I don't. I, I I disagree with both of you on the whole because I I, 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 I I bloody loved it. I, I I thought it was exactly what a Star Wars film should be. I was really entertained by it from like, and I and I totally agree. Like it was almost beat for beat the first film, the, the New Hope, the first ever Star Wars film. But like, I don't mind that as much. I'm not. I don't mind if they go over old ground, and I don't mind the wink at the audience too much if it works and it's funny and and i enjoyed the journey i thought the new characters were were enjoyable and and i thought he was a, a really sort of quite an, a nicely put together bad guy and potentially yeah. a, a really good bad guy and i think where it goes now is interesting you know even more than that is that uh, it's a different director. I think it's it might be Ryan Johnson who did um, Looper, who's directing the new one. Mm. I can't remember, but he he where it could go now, I think, could be really interesting. And with these, the journey it could take could be really interesting. And I, I genuinely went in there and came out and 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 was very much enjoyed the process. But I mean, I do get all the the sort of criticism of it, and I see the. Um, I see what you're saying as well, Andrew, about the the sort yeah, of right. you, the emotional points that you that were missed for you. Well, I because I think they were they were caught between a rock and a hard place because essentially there's not there wasn't a lot of goodwill left after the prequels for these movies, mm. and if this had tanked, that would have been it. That would have been yeah. it. Yeah, they've they've spent. I don't know how much they spent billions, I imagine, acquiring it. And what they want, what, of course, what they, they were going to do is just give everybody what they want with the first one, because they've got to generate goodwill. They've got they've got to make people excited about these movies again. So, the first one that comes out, they are never going to experiment with. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. If you hand Solo, Luke Skywalker, C three PO, R two D two, Millennium Falcon, all of that stuff. And funnily enough, when they started talking about how they were going to do like the Marvel thing of releasing a movie every year. Um, but some of them were going to be spin-off movies. The one I was more interested in is the one that's coming out next year, which is called rogue one, mm. which is the, the, the one that's set prior to a new hope and about the rebels stealing the death star plans. And I'm like, okay, mm. that's, that's kind of interesting. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Saying that. Yeah. Yeah, and and also, you know, in its credit, there were some really good performances. I just wanted the British casting director to work a bit harder to find a good cast. I think there were two Scottish voices, but other than that, yes. I found the Brits a bit boring. <laughs> um, but the, um, uh, you know, never underestimate the 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 ability, the likelihood that a large corporation will destroy something. And like we talked about with the Muppets, I was really afraid when Disney took over the Muppets that it would become something dreadful starring Nicolas Cage not in one of his good films and um and it didn't they 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 really 
um, seem to have retained stuff and allowed it. And I think with this one, they didn't even say Disney on any of the credits. Did anyone notice that? Uh, certainly when I saw it, it went straight to the Lucasfilm logo. Yeah. Uh, Bless me. A bit of a jump. It was like, oh, I missed the 20th Century Fox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, <laughs> that Disney. Was I, I was really surprised that there wasn't at least a, a Disney Lucasfilm presents thing and and it seems like you know they've they've listened they've or, or they've anyway it could have been a whole lot worse it's probably oh. my favorite star wars um no, i think it's fourth fourth of my really I well i grew oh. up you know i'm 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 the one that i was it came out at 70 the first time i saw the first one i was six so i'm just so embedded in that in the in those first movies that mm. i don't think anything could ever really dislodge those for me even though i partly in, i know in my heart that the force awakens is a better film than return of the jedi is <laughs> 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 you, still it's got to be fourth place for me well, it, yeah it, it's, it's second place for me it's behind empire right um, but i mean it's that between that and new hope it's probably like joint second uh but um yeah, yeah, you know what jamie you went to watch it when the party was still around rather than <laughs> andrew who decided that he would not go to the party on saturday night when everyone was there he would go on tuesday when they were picking up the party poppers just to just to judge it properly <laughs> um so we we're going to talk about boardwalk empire tonight and um uh, well, Jamie's the only one that's watched it here. Let, I, I well, let's leave. It. Let's leave that. But um, and we'll do it another time if we can get you on again, Andrew. That'd be good. Uh, why, don't, uh, why don't we get you, um, Andrew? Out? What are you doing the week after next? Do you want to come on again? Uh, yeah, that should be fine. Sort of same time, same place. Same time, same place. We'll do. Can that. I just do a little bit of news for you? Just because oh, tell us what's going on, and then Andrew can react to that as well. Yeah. Well, well, I want you to react to it. firstly. I wanted to mention Sherlock. The Sherlock special was on over on New Year's Day. Oh, it yeah. pulled in a massive audience. It was the biggest thing. It got eight point four one million views. It it was even shown in cinemas in China. And most over four million in its opening day alone. Jeez. It did really well. And I wondered what you thought. Did, did you both see Sherlock? I have not watched it because I was in Montreal and because, as a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, I have felt so let down by it by the last few. Andrew, did you see it? I did. Um, I don't. Know, I don't. I don't know if there's much we can say though, because if you're going to watch it, uh, I think we'll be heading into dangerous. Yeah. Harrison Ford doesn't die, does he? Yeah, Harrison Ford's in it. <laughs> All uh, I would say is that uh, I, I thought that, um, yeah, I don't think you'll like it, Howell, yeah. knowing what you don't like about Sherlock. So what I don't like there. about the new Sherlock is that it's just too bloody divisive. Instead of it being about cases, it's about, right. the, it's about oh, is Sherlock and uh, Watson gay? Are they, are they gay? Are they a partnership? It's like... Um, it, there, there's so much of the subtext that is best left being subtext, right? Uh, and so it sounds like perhaps what they've they've pulled another one of those out of the bag, have they? It's certainly divisive. I think it split the audience pretty yeah. straight down. Uh, divisive for I think the reasons that you've just said at all. It's a fairly central plot device in this one. So yeah, what all dies? Yeah, <laughs> thing you either go with. You, you, you can completely kind of just go, yeah, okay, I'm going with that, or you just go, no, that's too far, it's jumped the shark, or yeah, There's a CIA base underneath two two one B Baker Street. 
it, it's basically the whole episode feels a little bit like a waste of time. That's all I uh, would say about it. Is that it just feels like, it, it, yeah, the, you just at the end of the episode you feel very much like, well, that was a waste of time. That's uh, the only way I'll say it. But I mean, uh, should you still watch it, Howell? <laughs> yeah, we'll do it again. Watch it and we'll talk about it next time. I will. I will. I'll do that. And generally speaking, before you start Boardwalk Empire, Andrew, are you up yeah. for... Um, do you like gangster stuff? Um, I Yes and no. I mean, stuff like I, uh, Lock, Stock um, and Snatch, I kind of... I, I, I enjoyed Lock, Stock. I didn't like Snatch too much. But um, stuff like... Um, oh, my brain's turned to fudge tonight. The, the TV series... But sopranos love the sopranos um and and, and okay. stuff like right. this is very much like 1920s uh real gangster sort of not fictional gangsters but a lot well there are fictional characters in there but there's it's there's a lot of real real characters from that time real gangsters and mobsters from that time it's set in that era in atlantic city right and um uh, and if you like that sort of uh you know period drama violent period drama then you might like it well stuff like the untouchables which is like one of my favorite yeah and i i was really kind of mostly into it because it was steve buscemi yeah and he's brilliant and i think yeah i think you should i think you'll like it then i think this is a good start i think you should learn how to pronounce buscemi before buscemi buscemi yeah, Bushimi. <laughs> uh, bruschetta, bruschetta, Steve Bruschetta. <laughs> He's delicious. What's um, what else did you have in the news, Jamie? A little bit more. I just wanted to mention uh, True Detective season two was a uh, stunk the house out, and the <laughs> boss of HBO, or at least the boss of the programming department, has taken the blame. He, he said that they started acting, they started behaving HBO as a company like a major network, and they started pushing the creator Nick Pizzolatto to get it finished. Uh, earlier than he wanted to, and he and he, and that's why it was a rush series, and that's why it didn't live up to the expectations. But there's a chance that they're going to make another because uh, the creator Nick is signed on to 2018, and I think they're going to give him more time to actually work on it. But his his argument was that HBO started behaving like a, a major studio, like a major network, and that's what let themselves down. Whereas HBO pride themselves on being this creative little wow. sort of. Fishbowl. Um, also up there is a trailer. Did you watch um, True Detective at all, Andrew? Again, it's another one I, I'm really, really, I'm actually quite really interested in that one, but I've, I've completely missed it so far. But I was aware that everybody loved the first season. Yeah. yeah. Don't bother, Andrew. Have you watched... Um, Do, it's great. Yeah, the first season's good, but I mean, watch Making a Murderer instead. Have you seen that yet on Netflix? No, the one I've been... We better talk about something I have watched, otherwise we're going to be here all day just going, have you watched that? Yeah, no. Have you watched recently, Andrew? <laughs> no. I, the, I mean, um, the thing I've been watching, I've just finished it recently, actually, was Jessica Jones, the Marvel... Ah, yeah, I've just I've, finished that. Well, yeah. I've just done episode one and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I really, I've really enjoyed it. I, it kind of... It's, it started slow for me. Yes, yes. Same for me. Okay. Like, where's this going? But kind of like... I would say about three or four episodes in, it kind of kicks in and you're like, let me me tell you why I think it gets good as well. Andrew, (laughs) I think David Tennant's bad guy is genuinely one of the most enjoyable, like horrible as well, but one of the most enjoyable bad guys I've seen in, in quite a while. Did you enjoy him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's what I like about it without giving too much. So David Tennant's in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 he's great. <laughs> his name's and he's right the bad guy that's coming up, yeah? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how? That's not, a, it's no spoiler. He's in not that, in episode it. one. His name uh, is. Well, he kind of is. I mean, he's. He's not in episode one. He's the silhouette is in episode one, Howell. David Tennant's silhouette is in episode one. <laughs> I should have known. His name's in credits right out of the gate. So is yeah. There's no attempt to hide him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like that his character was that, yeah, he was a really enjoyable bad guy, but unlike, say, the, um, the bad guy in Daredevil, which is. Yeah. Same city, around about the same time, is that David Tennant's character is imbued with this ability, um, mm. but he's actually psychologically he's completely pathetic. He's the most yeah. pathetic thing. That's what makes him brilliant, isn't it? That's that's the thing. <laughs> Don't say any more, boys. All, all I'll say is that, like the power he has, mm. like. He, he reacts, his behaviour is exactly what you would be like if you had that power. You'd just be so yeah. spoiled. He's like a spoiled brat in a lot of ways. Yeah. He's he's an adult child spoiled brat kind of character with this amazing ability. Well, that sounds yeah. a bit like the, the new baddie in Star Wars that we were talking about before. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, Not far not far off. Well, I will carry on with that. Thank you. That's, uh, that's pushed me beyond episode one there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news, also on the website, uh, I should say the com slash news, is the latest trailer for Better Call Saul. That starts oh. in February. And really? it's, a, it's, a, it's a little teaser trailer. It's back in a, a, literally a month's time. And oh, cool. it is, it, the trailer really gives you an idea that Saul Goodman is, is becoming Saul Goodman. He's going yeah. down to the dark side and enjoying it. Um, that, that's worth a look. That was such a show. You did That's watch that, me. Andrew? Did you? Oh, I think we spoke about it last time, and I was oh. I was discussing the fact that I've had a few friends that were really big fans of Breaking Bad that couldn't deal with it because it's not Breaking Bad too. It's very much its own thing. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what? There was that episode, right? Um, no spoiler here, but Mike is stood outside of a house, and yeah. there's some funky music that plays, and the funky music plays for about eight minutes. <laughs> And it's brilliant. It's one of the best sort of semi-heist sequences that I've ever seen. It's got such style and class. I I can't wait to watch it again. Also, in Mike from Breaking Bad News, can anyone tell me what film currently on Netflix from the 80s that Mike from Breaking Bad is in? Uh, Is is he in Robocop? No. The one I think I watched the other day out of curiosity because I haven't seen it for years. It's Buckaroo Banzai. It's not. He might be, but he he is both of those, but it's not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, Starship Troopers, is he in that? Is that on there? No, I was watching this film the other day and I was like, who's that guy? Because he's got hair in it. I'm like, who the... That was killing me. And it's Beverly Flippin' Hills Cop 2. Who's he? In? Is he a bad guy in it? He's a bad guy in Beverly Hills Cop Two, <laughs> or one, one I think. It's, it, I can't believe it. My, that's where he began. Wow! The power of Eddie Murphy. <laughs> um, Andrew, have you worked with Eddie Murphy yet? No. Right. Okay. Get on with it. Um, yeah. Good. All right. Is that all the news? Yeah, just that and the Golden Globes with the, uh, the weekend took place. Television series, best drama went to, rather surprisingly, Mr. Robot. Even though I really think it was good, but I thought it ended rather 
sort of slack. Uh, but the big news with that was Mad Men's John Hamm got Best Actor. So that's Ooh. and he got he got it for the first series of Mad Men. He got it for the last series of Mad Men. So it's a nice sandwich Good. for John Hamm. And a uh, ham sandwich, oh. And um, <laughs> and so congratulations to him, and he did a nice speech. And uh, Mozart in the Jungle did well for Amazon, that one best comedy show. Other than that, there's some other some other good winners as well. Oscar Isaac for Show Me a Hero, the David Simon show that I've not seen yet. Uh, but that's all the news. And, of course, the man who shouldn't have been part of Muppets Most Wanted, but Andrew James Spooner can't agree with that because he's was employed on the film Ricky Gervais did a superb uh, opening speech I really personally I really do not like the man but he boy that was a great speech watch it on YouTube watch it yeah I've not seen it he nailed it did you see his speech Andrew Um, but I've heard the rumours I've heard that he's he's back on form because what was that award ceremony he did he did one about five years ago I think it was the same one probably and he tore the place up when I yeah I'm looking forward to going onto YouTube tonight and uh, <laughs> very funny very funny um, okay well done thank you Andrew no, no uh, I'm gonna sneeze <laughs> I tell you what if we come, when I come back in a couple of weeks yeah can we can we talk about Ash versus the Evil Dead please okay yeah what I've not that? seen it yet is that a TV series it is. It okay. is. It's on stars and it's a wicked show. David, okay. why don't you watch episode one by the two weeks from now? Yeah, okay. I'll get. I'll. I'll give that a crack. You get on boardwalk. Let's have a day. I've realised what the one thing is that I've not done yet that I want to do, and that is be a Muppet director. I never got to do that. So, Andrew. Okay. Is it too late for me? It's never too late. It's never too late. It's too late, Owl. It feels too late. It's really too late. <laughs> um, it was too late about five years ago. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Making a murderer special next week. Thank you, Andrew. No worries. Thanks, Andrew. That was brilliant. All right. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Yeah, superb. Superb.